Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get podcasts. I love the Olympics. Ah, Oh, it's a new world record. I want it to, you know, be great at something. I said I want to be a champion. And he's going to do it all. I was nervous and excited and fired up all the things you're supposed to be at the Olympics. Obviously, we're going to have extensive coverage of the Olympics for tomorrow when the opening ceremonies begin in London. But for today, we want to have a discussion of exactly what are considered Olympic sports. I mean, did you ever wonder why we have a trampoline competition but no mixed martial arts? Ping pong but no fast pitch softball? Can we bring back croquet and speedboating? And why did we get rid of tandem bicycling anyway? And if you were listening before and we asked you the question on on which had never been an Olympic sport, remember that question? Cricket, croquet, tug of war, rock climbing. You said croquet, right, John? I would have gone with croquet or rock climbing, but I went with croquet. You went with croquet when, in fact, you should have gone with rock climbing. Silly. Never an Olympic sport while tug of war was. But what it often... It well, seems like a, a mystery. Serious sport. That's a serious sport, tug of war. Yeah, you can get yeah. injured actually Strategy. playing tug of war. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. How much to eat the day before. But in any case, sometimes it's a mystery on why something becomes an Olympic sport and others do not. Here to solve as much of the mystery as possible, Ashley Fetters of The Atlantic, who's been researching this, and she joins us from our partner, the BBC, in Washington, D.C. Ashley, nice to speak with you. Nice to speak with you, too. Hi, Celeste. All right. So let's kind of talk about those particular sports. Uh, tug-of-war, for example, that was an Olympic sport up until when? Tug-of-war uh, had a pretty good run in the Olympic Games, actually. Uh, it stayed around until, I want to say, 1920 or 24. Um, and it was, I think, serious is exactly the right word. Um, let's see. There was... A team of London policemen that uh, I think there were eight of them and they won the gold medal of the last year it was at uh, the Olympic Games in 1920 in Antwerp. So was it pressure from the from the British to keep tug of war in the Olympics? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, I think probably what contributed to it being booted from the Olympic program was just how dangerous it is. Um, it actually is look, very dangerous. It really is. Yeah. I mean, the more I looked into it uh, researching, I mean, there were... Uh, there are so many just global disasters resulting from tug-of-war matches. I mean, I think a few years ago there was a girl who had some, some fingers torn off uh, just in the Midwest. And in Taipei, there were actually arms torn off of tug-of-war com- competitors. So things got ugly very quickly, I think. Um, so that <laughs> that was probably a, a large contributor to it's a uh, Olympic demise. Look really say. bad on TV. Yeah, with arms coming off. Really bad. Yeah. And I wonder, yeah. Ashley, if that's one of the reasons why they have not embraced mixed martial arts. A lot of people in the U.S. at least have have called for that to become an Olympic sport. Yeah, that's actually huge. Um, and as as much as that sport has evolved, mixed martial arts to sort of keep the competitors safer and keep them, you know, less bloodied, it still has been very much marred by the fact that it has a bloody history behind it. I mean, I don't think it'll ever bounce back from the fact that at one point John McCain called it, I think it was human cockfighting. So <laughs> that's a pretty, you know, pretty damning label to put on a sport, I would say. But, you know, one of the one, one type of sport that seems to, to get removed a lot are doubles events. Why? 
You know, I'm not sure. Um, there are plenty of doubles events that remain in the Olympics. I, right. Off the top of my head, the first one I think of that's most successful is um, beach volleyball is one. And also doubles tennis is still around. Um, yeah. So apparently that was very exciting to watch. Uh, but yeah, that was that was phased out in the 1970s when it became sort of a concern that there were too many sports on the Olympic program. I was just going to say that in addition to some of them, like doubles croquet, it seems uh, an odd sport to me. But in fact, you have found a, a sport that's odder than tug of war or doubles croquet. What was it? Ooh. The weirdest sport. The weirdest sport. Um, well, there are plenty. Uh at one point, there was certainly. Well, I just wrote about this, so you can read it. <laughs> Shameless plug. You in can read Atlantic, about it on yeah. the Atlantic later. Yeah, but there uh, there was an art competition at one point. You could take home a gold medal for art. Uh, so that was one. It was competitive um, painting. Yeah, you could take home you know a gold, silver, or bronze in painting and sculpture. What about and, tracing? Uh, I would be really good at tracing. Yeah, tracing. I don't think that was part of it, but uh, you could. <laughs> I'm sure there would be a spot for you there. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so. they, they had a great Monty Python skit about the competitive writing, but you actually found individual synchronized swimming. How does one synchronize with oneself? That. Well, okay. Here's the thing: is um, synchronized swimming the solo event is more just like a solo water acrobatics or solo uh, water ballet. Um, it essentially consists of the same movements and same skills as the team event. But when you look into it, I think the international federations would tell you that the swimmer is synchronizing with the music. So it's still I see. somewhat synchronized. The yeah, mind I think, boggles. I think, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think, I think the reason that has become such a, you know, that's the kind of the go-to weird sport, I would say, is the solo synchronized swimming. Well, um, and I think... The the reason it gets to be such a, a laughing stock is because we called it that. Um, I think if we called it, yeah, yeah, and I, I think if it had been solo water ballet or like I said, solo water acrobatics, like, like it would have been or dr- dr- drowning, drowning with a soundtrack, something like that. Sure, yeah. that <laughs> that might have also attracted some ice viewers. dancing, but for summer, so the ice is melted. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, you could look at it that way, too. (laughs) Well, let me just ask you, I mean, how mysterious is this process of sports getting chosen and not getting chosen? I remember the big debate over ballroom dancing. So how are these decisions made? Um, You know, it's actually not a terrifically mysterious process. Every uh, every Olympiad, seven years in advance, the Olympic Committee gets together, takes the slate from the last uh, Summer or Winter Olympics, the corresponding one, and votes on every event individually. Whichever sports receive a majority vote, stay on the program. Ashley Fetters uh, writes for The Atlantic. That's where you can read her article. There you go, Ashley, another shameless plug. Uh, she joins That's us wonderful. from our partner, Thanks. the BBC in Washington, D.C. And if you think you know as much as Ashley about the Summer Olympic sports, take our quiz. It's a short quiz at thetakeaway.org, and you can answer some of the questions here, test your Olympic knowledge. But the obvious question here for our listeners, at least, is what sport do you think Needs to be in the Olympics. We want to shameless hear suggestions. plugs. The gold medal for shameless plugs. Ashley Fetters. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Ashley. It's an honor. Eight seven seven eight. My take or post your comment at thetakeaway.org.